You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. The Dave Rothenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, pump this up. This, this is this. It doesn't matter what kind of mood you're in. You hear this music and you want to run through a wall. I mean, NFL Films music is, I mean, it's, it's really as good as it gets. As good as it gets. I love football. And, we, and, and now you start to, you we're winding down. We're week 14. Now, fortunately, we get the extra week this year. Oh, hard. I mean, you, you know what they often say, like, a, a man's heart is through his stomach. Mine is through the NFL film soundtrack. If I'm ever in a bad mood and you play that music, you're going you're gonna to instantly put me in a better mood. So what you're saying is you want John Facenda to narrate your life, essentially. Well, John Facenda is no longer with us. I'm yeah. saying, you know what I mean. So, yes, the John Facenda voice to narrate my life, absolutely. I'm impressed that you know it's John Facenda. Do you know what John Facenda's actual job was? No. He was a weatherman. See, I, I can I could believe that where you know you, you become a weatherman, you have the voice and they say, "Hey, just narrate over, you know, those old school Raider highlights or something and like he, that." And he he didn't even he didn't even know anything about football. Would you like that career path where you're a weatherman now you become um Hot property on I ESPN do, Radio. I do, I do like weather, but I mean, you, you, the, the, how about you ever hear the autumn wind? The autumn wind was a pirate, blustering in from sea. How's it going? Yeah, there it is. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. Oh, this is this is such good stuff. You know, I've told this numerous times. You might not know this, Harv. When I walk down the aisle at my wedding, I walk down to Classic Battle. Did you know that? I have heard this, and um, I- I'm guessing the jokes were that it'd be a classic battle between you and Sherry throughout your marriage. Uh, no. I mean, listen, I-, I didn't ask for a lot, and I haven't since the day we got married. Like, I'm very easy, very, you know, hands-off with a lot of stuff. But at the we- the only thing I wanted at the wedding, I was like, can I just walk down to something from, from, from NFL film soundtrack? She's like, fine. So I walked down to Classic Battle, and she walked down to some, like, you know, Beethoven, you know, virtuoso. And then the only other thing I wanted, when we were introduced for the first time as husband and wife, we walked in to the, um, to the banquet room as Are You Ready for Some Football was the song that was playing. And that's, that's all I really – and that's really the last time I got anything. Because that's, that's typically the way What do you mean that's the last goes. time you got anything? Well, when we've had these kind of face-offs, I typically, you know, I – lay up and let her make the decisions because that's the kind of husband I am. I think the fact that you just do nothing on Sundays except roll uh, red zone and the locals, that's pretty much the ultimate face-off that you win, right? Well, no. I mean, she has things that she loves, and I I back off and allow her to do them, and there's things that I love that I need to be able to do. I mean, Harv, you you don't know the warmth of a woman yet. but Not yet. But you will at some point, and and these are the the compromises you need to make. If there's something that your partner really wants and and or needs, you fine. Go ahead and do it. I've taken notes, so I I believe I am real prepared. And just for the record, if anybody wants to know um, what not to do or what to do, try this. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs and lay the net. You you caught that yesterday? It was amazing. Was it was it really that good? Did you hear his live read during the London Jewelers? I heard the three stars because, I mean, that to me is like, it was, <laughs> it was almost Marconi worthy. 
the three stars or, or the the uh, the read for London Jewelers yesterday? Oh, right? both, both, man. Yeah, Rick is playing at a, v- a very high level at the moment. Um, all right, one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. So we're gonna do a frenzy in in about five minutes, but I want to spend a couple of minutes on on the Jets and the Giants. Expectations this week are listen, they're they're very small, which is which sometimes can be good. Because you don't go into a game like next weekend with the Giants, you're going to go into that game and you're going to be a nervous wreck. You're going to say it's a game we have to win. It's a game we can win. And the season rides in the balance next Sunday night at 820. Tomorrow is kind of and I, I listen, I'll be upset. You don't never want to lose to Philadelphia. Tomorrow's almost house money ish for the Giants, right? Like you can. And here's the nice thing for both the Jets and the Giants. If you win, it's great. And you'd be thrilled. And I think the longer these games stay close, the more upset you'll be if there's a loss, right? Like Giants lead, I don't know, 24-21, two minutes to go. Eagles come down, score a game-winning touchdown. Well, now you're, now you're heartbroken. But I, I almost look at tomorrow for both the Jets and the Giants as, as house money. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. They can get to where they want to get to and really do not need to win these games tomorrow. I mean, the Giants are fighting with two teams for a while, for fighting with two other teams for two wild card spots, right? It's Seattle, it's the Giants, and it's Washington. So you're going to root for the Giants tomorrow, and then if they lose, which they probably will, you're going to flip on whatever it is. Either you have you know Directv or the Red Zone, or whatever, and you're going to root for Carolina. And when you're you're a Jets fan, you're going to root for the Jets, and then after that, see here's the conundrum with the Jets tomorrow night. I think you have to root for Miami. Right? Because, yes, you're, I guess, competing with Miami, but more so you're competing with the Chargers. And if the Chargers win and the Jets lose now, now all of a sudden they're really firmly entrenched in the mix. So it becomes a little bit dicey. But I don't know if you feel like this. I just I have this thought of there's something calming about a week where I look at my team. And, and listen, we're playing big rivals, division rivals. I get it. But – the expectation is not that they're going to win. And on top of that, it's, I, I guess, and let's be fair, they don't, they don't technically need to win. Like, the Jets can absolutely, and it's not a loser's mentality because I want to win, but I think you have to be realistic. I, I, if the Jets lose this game tomorrow, they're 10-point underdogs, by the way. So the odds are stacked against them. They're probably going to lose this game. If the Jets lose this game tomorrow, they can still absolutely get where they need and want to get to. Now, if the Jets don't get in, then that's different. But to lose tomorrow, I don't think is the be-all, end-all. And the same thing with the Giants. The Giants' path is very clear. Win on the road in Washington next Sunday night. Win at home to Indianapolis. And you have a great chance to get yourself in. And here's the thing as well. And I know this is a weird sentiment. But if you're rooting for the Giants, root for Philadelphia outside of tomorrow to win games because if Philadelphia is 15 and one heading into week 18 right now all of a sudden guess what they don't they don't need to play that game they they don't need to play Jalen Hurts they can they can lay up and and lay it in and maybe the Giants get in that way and you know what they owe us one so I don't care how either team gets in and I don't think tomorrow is the be-all, end-all either. They can both afford to lose and have a playoff berth staring them right in the face. 1-800-919-3776. I think we all know what time it is now. It's time for a frenzy. 
which means you need NFL advice. You need NFL questions answered. You need survivor help if you're still alive. You need a who do you like in this game, X or Y. We're here for whatever it is that you need. 1-800-919-3776. Anywhere you want to go with the NFL, the only caveat is get in, ask your question, and get out. And as we break down the football, there's more football going on over in Qatar where Portugal trails in the 59th minute to Morocco, one nothing. We are as full service as it gets in sports radio. Rothenberg with you, Saturday morning. Time for the frenzy. Line them up on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. It's time for a frenzy. <laughs> a football frenzy. You could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. A football frenzy. Any team, any player, any question. All right, frenzy people. Frenzy on 9870 ESPN brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. 1-800-919-3776. I mean, the phone lines are open. The frenzy is happening on Twitter if you so choose to get involved that way, at Rothenberg ESPN. Joe Leo, question for you before we start the frenzy. Joe Leo, are you, are you still with us? Yes, what's up? Right, here, here's the question. Rate your performance in Stump Rothenberg today on, on a grade level, like an A, a B, a C. Where would you say you were? I would say B plus. B plus. Is there any chance that you can give me an A minus or better on the frenzy? Yeah, I think we can do that. You think you can? Yeah. Would you Would you like? Is it? No, it might be too big for you. It just It just might be, and I don't know the answer to that. Would you like to lead off today's frenzy? Yeah, I can do that. All right. Before we do it, one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. You know you want to participate. We actually have two phone lines open which is a rarity at the moment and on twitter at rothenberg espn joe leo bring your a level work to the frenzy who do you have more confidence in going into the playoffs the kansas city chiefs or the philadelphia eagles the chiefs because they do it every year uh i i do believe this, this is not a terrible question either i believe in philadelphia i think they might they have an easier road than kansas city but Kansas City is so grizzled and so battle-tested and so capable. And at the end of the day, it comes down to quarterback. And the Chiefs quarterback is just, I mean, just better than the Eagles quarterback. That being said, I think the Eagles have a better chance to go to the Super Bowl than does Kansas City. one 800 919 Not a bad start, Joe Leo. Not a bad start. Let's go. Chris and Beth Page. Chris, you, my friend, are on the frenzy. You have to bet them as a package. Giants and Jets both make the playoffs or both don't make the playoffs. Which way you bet? I'll bet they both make the playoffs. Now, I will tell you this moment, Chris. I have more confidence the Jets make it than the Giants, but I think they both make it because I really believe the Giants are going to win that game next Sunday night, which will be their entree into getting in. Uh, I think both teams are actually below 50% at the moment to get in, but I think they both get in. And I think, the, I mean, the Jets really have a pretty good route to get in. 
even if they lose tomorrow, it's Detroit and Jacksonville, Jacksonville at home. Those are games you should win. Uh, I don't know that you 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 win uh, in Seattle, but you can win that game. And in Miami, like all you have to do is you lose this week, win the next two at home, split the final two. You're absolutely in if you're the Jets. I I, I will tell you this. I think there's a very good chance the Jets get in, and a at a decent chance the Giants get in. Dean Long Branch, Dean, you're on the frenzy. So Odell Beckham Jr. has recently come out and stated that he only wants to play in the playoffs when the lights and the cameras are on. He doesn't want to actually play during the regular season. So do you find a player like that is worth being on the Giants for a moment? No, I th- see, I don't know that that's accurate. Thanks for that frenzy call. And it was a little long-winded for the frenzy. I, I don't think it's I, I only want to. It's I think it's probably I'm only able to. The guy's coming off an ACL in the Super Bowl. So, and, and again... I don't love Beckham. I don't know that all of his antics are behind him. But I I think he wants, and this is what Jordan has reported, he wants to come to the Giants. And I was talking to Jordan the other day, and we talked about amount. I said, I don't think, I'm not paying him $20 million a year. God, no. He said, that's what he wants. That doesn't mean he wouldn't take less. Would I I pay $14 million a year for Beckham? And now draft the receiver in the first round or second round, and all of a sudden now my receivers go from, you know, what they were to what that would be? Maybe I do. Maybe I do. And you know what? And here's the beautiful thing. I actually trust Shane and Dable. And that's different than we've seen in a very, very long time. Um, Caitlin wants to know on Twitter, who retires and stays retired first? Brady or Rogers? I mean, when, when Rodgers retires, he's going to retire. But Brady is 45. I'll, I'll say Brady goes and stays retired first. Although, I mean, I think a big thing that was an impediment for Brady was was the, the family life. And, you know, he's no longer married. So, I, I don't know. I, I But I still I still think that Brady goes and, and stays retired over, over Aaron Rodgers. Let's go to Hans. Hans Gruber, maybe, in New Jersey. Uh, go ahead, Hans. What do you got? Survivor pool, Tennessee or Seattle this week? Uh, well, here's what I, I would wait to the last minute and see if Trevor Lawrence is playing. And the fact that you've made it to week 14 is is a remarkable job by you. So I want to take very close note and see what's happening with uh, Trevor Lawrence. Because if Trevor Lawrence does not play, it's Tennessee. I still think I'd go Tennessee, but I don't have a lot of confidence in that because I just, I don't know. There's something that feels kind of kind of fugazi to me about Seattle. Anthony is on the frenzy. Go ahead, Anthony. Do you think there is any possible way that Odell Beckham goes to our hated Philadelphia Eagles? No. In fact, and, and I'm glad you asked that question. It's almost like you're, you're producing the show and asking me a question I have the answer to. Nick Sirianni was asked that question and basically shot it down. Why? Why would they do that? I mean, they are they are so perfectly put together. Now they're going to go and spend that kind of money on Odell Beckham. It wouldn't make any sense. Uh, Marie in Jersey is on the frenzy. Go ahead, Marie. With the news about Saquon Barkley's neck, do the Giants sit him tomorrow? Uh no. I I don't think he'll sit. I mean, if he's healthy enough to play, I play him. I'm. The only way I don't play him if he's not able to play. If he can go out there and play, he's going out there and he's playing. And again, I think you have to think about this long term. Do you really want to get into bed with a running back who's had this many injuries? 
And, and again, and I've said this a million times, and I know this wasn't really the question, but I want to expand on it just a little bit, is how many times does the second contract for a running back pay off? Not a lot. And I get it that you drafted him too, and I get it that he's a salt-of-the-earth guy, and he's great. But I've asked this question, and I stand by it. Would you rather have a really good cover corner and fill in the blanket running back or the opposite? And I think the answer to me is I'd rather, I mean, look around the league at how you can put together a running back's tandem. Look around the league at it. Right? I mean, with the Cowboys, oh, they draft Ezekiel Elliott where they draft him. Tony Pollard's the better running back. Damian Pierce is a good running back. I mean, you don't need to put that kind of capital and equity into your running backs. You, ju- you just don't. Sean in the car. Sean, you're on the frenzy. Are the Cowboys for real to win the NFC, or will it be another year of just choke artists? Pain, it pains uh, pains me. Like an appendectomy pains me to say this. They're for real. Not see, And here's the thing also. The, the opposition, like the competition is almost non-existent. Who scares you in the NFC? The Eagles. Who else? You think the Cowboys don't beat Tampa? You think the Cowboys don't beat, I mean, who, I mean, the Niners would have been that team, but now the Niners just lost their quarterback. Unless Brock Purdy turns into the second coming of Jimmy G, you can't put the Niners in this conversation. The Vikings, they are as fraud as fraudulent get. Now, if there's a God in heaven, when we get to the playoffs, they completely fall apart. But I don't know. I have a real bad feeling about this. 1-800-919-3776. And I've said it before. If they meet in the NFC Championship game, let me know how it turns out. Because I'm telling you, I swear to you, I will not watch that game. All right, hard blow it dead. And that's the football frenzy brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, the original triple blended, triple distilled, and triple cask matured. Irish whiskey. Make sure to grab a Tullamore Dew during today's action. Remember, when it's game time, it's Tully time. Please enjoy responsibly. 74th minute. Morocco looking to stun the world again. Leading Portugal 1-0. We'll keep you posted on that. And get to your calls on the Jets, on the Giants, on the Knicks, on the Nets, on the Yankees, on the Mets. It's a melange Saturday leading up to Anita Marks at noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. In Qatar, Morocco is looking to shock the world by beating Portugal. We'll see if they can get that done. They lead one nothing Now, this season, and they had a big win last night. Uh, Harv, who did the Islanders have their big win against last night? Did you did you catch any of that one? I did see it. They beat my Devils six uh, four, I believe it was. Jack Hughes played in goal, finished. Uh, well, I believe it was a six minute shift. Yes, I, I think I saw it was the longest shift in the history of hockey. Yes. What was he? I guess that's a punishment, right? They were not happy with Jack Hughes. No, I mean he had a playing goal. They were looking for goals. Um, they pulled the. I mean, Vanacek and Hamid weren't good. But, hey, man, that's hey, how it goes. Hey, Can't win them all. Can't win them all. Now, this season marks the 50th anniversary of New York Islanders hockey. Uh, to help celebrate, we're giving away tickets to the December 23rd matchup against the Florida Panthers at UBS Arena. To enter, all you have to do is download the free ESPN New York app, scroll down to contests, and submit your entry. It's that easy. And it's brought to you by the New York Islanders. Join in on the fun this season by grabbing your tickets at NewYorkIslanders.com. For full contest rules, go to ESPN New York. 
Com. So I'm going to take you till noon, and then Anita Marks is going to pop on from, for a good three-hour bit uh, from Las Vegas. And then we have a little, little Gordon Damer. Uh, apparently, apparently, I said something which has upset people, and I'm not trying to. This is just how I feel. And I, I'll, I swear to you, I'll root for them. I'll buy a Vikings jersey if they beat the Eagles or the Cowboys in the postseason. I said the Vikings are frauds, and I stand by it. Um, they're just they're just not that good of a team. And people on Twitter, how could you say the Vikings are frauds and they're ten and two? They're ten and two. I, I mean, how many of their games did you look at and say they got fortunate to win? The game in Buffalo, and I and I get it. You beat maybe the best team in football, certainly a top three team in football. But you, I mean, it took one of the great catches in the history of the game. Your underdog on the road against a team that's sitting here at five and seven. They asked Dan Campbell, how could you be an underdog against Minnesota? He's like, uh, I mean, favorite against Minnesota. He's like, I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me. I mean, go go on a win the whole thing. I'd sign for it right now. Vikings win the whole thing. Win it. And then I get it. Not a New York, uh, not a real New York Giants fan says, if the Vikings are frauds, why can't the Giants seriously consider that game a possible win? Well, I don't think the Giants are all that great either. But I, I guess I guess you could go into Minnesota and compete in that game. But how do you, their offense is pretty good. The problem is their offensive line is brutal. And especially when their left tackle's out and he's been out with a concussion, he doesn't play, it's really bad. But their defense is not good. They're sitting here 10-2, and two, and I, I truly I don't know how. They're, they're probably, like, if they were 6-4, and four, you'd be like, that's about what the Vikings should be. But they're 10-2, and two, and credit to them. Speaking of giving credit, and we're all geared up and juiced up, and we have the games tomorrow, and the full, you know, Giants at 1, Jets at 1, which I, which I just can't stand. Um... It's so weird to sit here and analyze the job that Joe Douglas has done, isn't it? Because when, when you look at things, Joe Douglas might have had the biggest miss you could possibly have. Where you pick second, you can take any quarterback outside of Trevor Lawrence, you take Zach Wilson, and it just looks like it's going to be a, a monumental miss, right? Even the most ardent of Jets fans looks at this and says, it, it was not a good pick. It was not a good pick. But then... You're going to have the defensive rookie of the year and the offensive rookie of the year. And not only will you have the offensive rookie of the year, you probably have the top two offensive rookies of the year if uh, Brees Hall doesn't get hurt. So you're so kind of confused at how you should feel. I mean, I think Joe Douglas is good. And I think you have to give him a lot of credit for being smart enough and, you know, ahead of the curve enough to say, the whole Zach Wilson thing is not working out, and we need to make a change. And between him and Sala and probably the ownership, they did. But when you look at the draft, and I know it's like saying, you know, how was the play outside of, of you know, what happened, Mrs. Lincoln? Look at, what, look at how he's drafted. I mean, Garrett Wilson is just a stud. Brees Hall was a star. Sauce Gardner is elite. You look at some of the free agent signings, they're phenomenal. So, yeah, I, I get it. You're unimpressed with what they've done as far as the quarterback situation is concerned. But these other pieces are great. I, and, and here's the question for you. Do you tra- the Jets can't draft another quarterback, right? There's, just, there's no way you can do that because the Jets are in win-now mode. So I think one, my guess would be one of two things happens with the Jets at the quarterback spot. Either Zach Wilson is going to play well and is going to lead you to the postseason and you're going to have enough belief in him that he's going to be your starting quarterback heading into next year or Zach Wilson will spit the bit at some point down the stretch and the Jets will have to bring in a veteran quarterback for next season. 
Now, I mean, can you dream about Rodgers? Can you dream about Brady? Derek Carr is certainly a name. Daniel Jones, I don't think, is a, is a wild name to throw out there. But the thing that gives you such pause is, look at, look at the AFC, for God's sakes. Look at you, who you have to deal with in, in this conference. And look at the quarterbacks that you have to get over that hurdle. I mean, Josh Allen is amazing. Tua looks to be very good. Justin Herbert, who may not be a hurdle now, at some point they're going to bring in a legitimate coach and they're going to shore things up, is going to be a problem. Patrick Mahomes is a star. Joe Burrow is elite. So there's no way the Jets can draft the quarterback because they're win now. We, we have gone from the Jets were awful to the Jets are win now, and it's happened very, very, very quickly. So it's going to either be Mike White as your quarterback getting into this offseason or an unknown free agent that's going to, uh, or, or I guess a, a veteran that you're going to trade for is going to be the direction you're going to go in. Because uh, I don't see how it possibly, possibly can be Zach Wilson. 1-800-919-3776. Richard in Manhattan. Hi, Richard. You're next up on 98.7. How you doing, buddy? You mentioned Ed Sable. John Facenda. Yeah. 1966. I'm 11 years old. Saturday morning. I turn on TV. And this week in pro football, they did the AFL and the NFL. That was the biggest boon to NFL football in the 60s. Of course, in the 70s, you had the blackout rule rescinded, and then you had the larger schedule, and you had other things coming in. The game became a little bit more open, the incorporation of the AFL into the NFL. But you talk about 1960s football. Of course, the 50s, you know about the giant cult game. The biggest boon to football, AFL and NFL, was that show. I knew even as an 11-year-old that with the marching Uh, music. Richard, you know what I think is is huge? NFL films. NFL, NFL films. films. I, I was a kid, and I know this certainly is, is after you're talking about, but I remember watching Inside the NFL. In that the, was I with mean, Lenny Dawson. Yeah, Len, Len Dawson and Nick Bonacani. Oh, no, this in, is way before. I, I understand that. I, I know that. Oh. I'm saying that. But and I'm saying, like, I remember watching show that show. Slow motion, Dave. Oh, that's, my, that's what I was going to say. When the football... When I used oh, to think I, mean, I used to think so that quarterbacks could throw like ninety yards because the ball oh, was in the air for like and, thirty oh, seconds. And for Senders booming voice. Oh. oh, now I got another one for you. Last week, obviously, I've been watching football fifty-eight, fifty-nine years. First time ever, ever in my life where I saw the Jets and Giants at the same time playing meaningful football games concomitantly. In mid-December, early December, and games that were important, and that both went down to the last play of the game. Now, the only thing I can compare what happened to last Sunday, and the only guy that could tell you something like this is an old-timer like me, is the Heidi game in 68 because we couldn't see the end of the game. Well, obviously it was tough to watch both games going back and forth, but that's what it reminded me of watching both games. It was so much fun that I, I never had more fun in great. my life. I was so entertained. We only oh, came up great. with football, a football tie so and good. a loss, but it was wonderful, Dave. Richard, Pleasure. thanks. Thank thanks you, for the Dave. Call. Yeah, thanks. That's a good call from Richard. Football is so good. And, and I got to tell you, the, the, the direct TV, the, the, the Sunday ticket or the red zone or whatever, it is, it, it, it is a game changing way of life we still don't know who's going to have the uh the nfl ticket next year probably going to be a streaming service but we we wait on that all right 1-800-919-3776 we continue with your calls we hand it over to anita and we uh we keep an eye on this uh, morocco portugal game we are late now 
89th minute, still one nothing Morocco on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Professional football in America is a special game, a unique game. Played nowhere else on earth, it is a rare game. The men who play it make it so. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. That's, That's Lawrence Taylor. Oh, so good. So good. Let's go Let's go out there like a bunch of crazed dogs. It's from Lawrence Taylor against the Jets in the preseason. It's just the, the elite of the elite. Takes you back, doesn't it? Boy, when I was when I was a little kid and life was much easier, football, it was so good. And the Giants were just getting good when I was little, too. Like, I'm eight years old and 81, and that's when they drafted Lawrence Taylor. They had Phil Simms. 81, they go to the postseason. 83, they're br- 82 is strike season. 83, they're brutal. Parcells first year. And then 84, I'm 11, and then they get really good. 84, they get to the playoffs, they lose to the Niners. 85, they get in and, and Lendetta misses that punt, and they lose to the Bears, although they played the Bears better than anybody had. And then 86, they win the whole thing. 87, they, they, maybe they would have, but it was another strike season. 88, 88 was brutal. They lost to the Jets in, in the last week of the season to not only not get in, not win the division, any of it. Jets kept them out. 89, it was the Flipper Anderson year, and then ninety they won the whole thing again. So what what a what a run. What a what a memory. Yeah, and that was that was my uh growing up to the Giants in the early eighties. That was a treat. Kevin Long Island. Kev, you're on ninety eight seventy SPN. Hey Dave, how's it going? Good. What what do you got? So I'm curious. You mentioned how the Jets are definitely in win now mode. I agree with that, but why I don't know, why do you think Mike White's not the guy to go to go and do that with them? Oh, I, I don't. I don't think that at all. I, I, my point is, let let's see what let's see what he does. Let's okay. see what he is. Right? Yeah. Like if he if he if he goes down the stretch here and is brutal, then I don't think he's the guy. If Mike White is really good down the stretch, leads into the postseason, I can absolutely see a recipe where he's your quarterback heading into next season. Right. So there's like his interview process. His next yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't. Feel, I, I don't know why you got that. I didn't say that. I don't feel like that at all. All right. No, I agree. I agree. I hope he. I hope he pans out, and I hope they give him a legit shot, and don't go chase down some uh, some white whale. Well, let let's see what happens. Thanks for the call. Right. I mean, you yeah. you, you have you. Look, okay. Here's the thing. The guy's not an early pick. The guy's a journeyman quarterback at this point. Now, it doesn't mean that he can't be good, but he's not going to get the same leashes like a Zach Wilson. So he's going to get the next five weeks. If he's awful and they don't get in. There's no way you can bring him back as your quarterback next year. If you get in and he's good, then I think you can. But he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt. Rob and Tom's River. Hi, Rob. You're on 98.7. Hey, Dave. Uh, great show. Thank um, you. I, I like what you said on how to grade uh, Joe Douglas. And is he good? Is he not good? I think he's actually very good. But, and I also agree with you on his miss. Zach Wilson could be a big miss here, but also his other big miss is Becton. Becton can't get on the field. I've yeah. heard you talk about it all the time. Hey, listen, Becton's great when he's on the field, but not on the field ever. Uh, you're, you're right, Rob, but you're not going to rank a you know a, the tenth overall selection, which is, I think is where he went, right? Uh, in, in comparison yeah. to the second overall pick, who's a quarterback. 
Yeah, but there were other like Werfs was out there. I I, I get it, but it's not the same. It's not the same kind of miss. Like for for every and thanks to the call, but it's not the same kind of miss. Is what I'm saying. It's a miss, but it's not similar to the Zach Wilson miss is going to be an all time miss if he doesn't turn out to be good. The Mackay Becton misses. It's a miss. It, that that kind of thing happens. But you can you can get up from that. You can't get up from missing on Zach Wilson. Maybe you can. Maybe he's been so good everywhere else that he can. Let's go to Dave in Atlanta. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Dave. I'd like to add a different twist or take on the Joe Douglas miss. Uh, he did miss on Wilson, but his actual miss was taking a quarterback. He didn't need to take a quarterback. And at the time, I didn't, and I don't think Sala wanted to take a quarterback. I, I can't, I can't, I, I get your point, Dave. I, it sounds like you're in a, in a, like a, a tin can making this call, which is very disconcerting for me. Um, no, I think, uh, let, let's be honest. The miss was taking, you should have taken Justin Fields, right? You should, I mean, Justin Fields was, I mean, clearly has a lot more upside right now than Zach Wilson. It, 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 it is over. It, it, you talk about just a stunning result in the World Cup in Qatar. Morocco has beaten Portugal. They advance with only 10 men on the field. 1-0 your final score. Probably the final time you'll see Ronaldo on the world stage to this impact in this event. All right. Anita Marks is here. I'm back with Rick at 5 o'clock on Monday morning. Have a great weekend on 98.7 ESPN.